0: This podcast is brought to you by Meteorite.
1: Welcome to Off the Cuff with Kel, conversations from the frontline, a podcast and live show for survivors and the leaders who support them. I'm your host, Kelly Humphreys, a survivor of child sexual abuse, advocate, author, speaker, ambassador, a lover of all things outdoors, with over 15 years of law enforcement experience. Please support me in my mission to break cycles of abuse and trauma. You can help by donating to my Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash Kelly Humphreys. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode number 12 of Off the Cup with Kel. I've got the amazing Pippa and Rose Milford with me. Hello, ladies. How are we going tonight? Good. Good. How are you? good thank you i'm so excited that you are able to jump on and uh join me tonight again uh before we get going guys i'm just going to put a little disclaimer out there um some of the content that we may discuss tonight uh, may be a little bit difficult to hear um so if you are triggered or have difficulty at all i do have some support numbers on my website at kellyhumphreys.com. so uh, please make sure you jump on there if you de- do need some support. So, girls, how's the week been? Tell us how you're going.
0: It's been good, very good. Having a little, like
2: relax last week of holidays.
0: Oh, school holidays, excellent.
1: Yep. How how did you go? So we were really lucky um, last episode to have your whole family, your mom. Dad and you two beautiful girls chat to us and give us uh, a bit of an oversight of the justice journey. How did how did you find
2: that? It was, <laughs> it was really good actually. I think we haven't really done anything like that before. Like obviously we've done speeches and stuff that have been pre-written but it was nice to have like an actual conversation and kind of just go off the top of our heads and that sort of thing.
0: It felt really casual as if it was just a little conversation. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the plan, Rose. Like it's a bit off the cuff, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it's good because we just like to be able to have the conversation, have it kind of go where, you know, it kind of leads. And I, I find that it's really authentic that way, which is kind of why I wanted to get you girls on because we kind of didn't get time to maybe talk about some of the things that, you know, I wanted to hear more about your journey yourselves and, and what you guys went through as you were going Uh, Through this incredible, um, brave journey that you've both been on. So, I kind of want to like go right back to the beginning because I just know myself. Like, when I grew up, it was just like cow poo fights with my brother, you know, hurdling barbed wire fences and rolling around in the mud. And it was just, it was just about being a kid, right? I didn't think about anything else. So I know you girls are country girls, and I'm sure you've got some cowpoo stories of your own.
2: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, like, how you grew up. Um, well, we grew up in, a, like, Albury, which is a small town. It's not necessarily, like, outback, that sort of thing. Um, but we did – our grandparents and everything are from Kudamandra, So we were there and back a lot, and we did spend our fair share of time In the backyard and once we moved onto a bit of land we started playing around in the mud a little bit more and getting on the motorbikes yeah I think we've had a very 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 good upbringing but I think we've had a bit of freedom which was nice and yeah I don't know about
1: you
0: um Rose but does Pip get on the motorbike um last time she went she ran my other sister over
2: no it was the other way I very haven't been funny. for a while
1: <laughs> oh, I, can just, I can just see it, I feel like Rose I'm a little bit more like you and Pip you're like the you know, sprightly like academic and Rose you're like the big football kind of wrestling person
0: <laughs> Yeah, pretty
1: much. that sounds about right. <laughs> You'd be the one throwing the poo and Pip would be the one running, is that right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Alright So, alright, so pretty fun like growing up like innocent not really thinking too much about anything so what um do you remember what it was like when things changed do you remember that point
0: I didn't feel much it's gonna sound bad but I didn't feel much change at the start because it's yeah I didn't really understand anything all I know is that I knew something was happening and that it wasn't right but I didn't understand much of it so it didn't really feel like a change to me. I'm not sure about people, but
2: yeah, I kind am pretty similar. Like we obviously so young when it, when we disclose and that sort of thing. So I think, although like, yes, there was probably some changes. It was kind of more, we didn't really understand the situation. So we kind of just like kept going about our lives. It was just a whole part had changed, but we hadn't really felt the depth of that. And we didn't really understand it yet. So yeah. I don't know how much really changed for us.
1: Yeah, so just for those who are listening, how old were you when the
2: offending started against you? We didn't, I I couldn't tell you when it started, but we did disclose at five Mm -hmm. and I was eight at the time. Yeah. So you were five and
1: a half pros Rose and Pippi were eight. Is that right? Yeah. Right. So very young. So it would have been hard to remember a lot of those things as, as young ladies. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you remember before you were able to say
0: anything? What was it like for you guys? It was, oh, just casual.
2: I I don't think we, like, I don't really remember back that far. I don't really remember a life before anything. Like, I think we're kind of just, that's so in the past and we were so young, like, there wasn't really anything that we can distinctly remember about it.
0: It was just the sport and the school and the friends and then, yeah, just the casual growing up phase. (laughs) We hadn't grown yet, so... Still growing, still growing. Well, I think it was
1: really important last week, uh, sorry, last episode, your mum and dad sort of said, you know, they tried to keep everything normal. So did you guys feel like it was just normal?
2: Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's like kind of what I was saying before. Like we were young and we didn't really understand it, so nothing really felt changed to us. Obviously there was a part, part that was different, but it wasn't so significant that things were different in every aspect. It was just that one little part.
1: Yeah, I think mean, that's a gift your mum and dad, and us, and that they made that decision for you guys just to kind of move through it and try to keep things as normal as possible for you guys. Because, you know, I, I think I might have mentioned it, but like we as adult survivors now, and both of you will kind of know this, we look at healing and we go, oh, my God, this is so big. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know what to do or how to get through this. And we just make it so huge. And, you know, I want to encourage survivors that to, to kind of embrace it as you go along, like embrace your healing, keep things normal, you know, like when you need help, get help and and, and try not to make it such a, a big thing. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think as long as we kind of try and keep things as normal as we can, we're not changing anything and it's not throwing us out of perspective and that sort of thing. So I definitely think that it's obviously it's about every individual and every situation is different. But, yeah, I think it's nice the way that mum and dad, especially, went about it and that sort of thing, trying to keep us in some sort of line. Yeah. Do you reckon for you guys that's helped
1: you to have good strategies to look after yourself
2: kind of in everything? Does that makes sense? Um I think yes and no. I think we've kind of had to develop our own strategies and you know grow in ourselves as like as well as with the help of mum and dad and everything that like the way that they Helped us to keep things normal, but I think obviously there's sometimes that you just can't keep things as normal as you want to. So, yeah, we definitely had to develop some, but we did obviously have some help with that, and that's helped us with what we do now and that sort of thing. So, yeah.
1: so what what are so people um, we'll go with you first? What are some strategies that you have that help you when you're starting to get you know anxious or overwhelmed?
2: Yeah, for, for me, I just, it took a long time for me to kind of develop something that worked for me and it took different people trying to give their two cents and that sort of thing. But I think for me it's kind of just taking my own time, going and being alone, also like knowing that I have people there and that sort of thing. But I like to be alone, collect my own thoughts, think about what I need and then go and approach mum and dad. And I think they've kind of adapted to that now as well. So they know that I will come to them when I'm ready. Yeah, Um, but yeah, it's not like I keep it to myself. But I just have to kind of put perspective on it before I go out and try and get some help from outside. But yeah. 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 One of the I,
0: ways. One of the ways I help myself is like going to go play like play my football, do my sports, and then I'll reflect on everything, and then I'll be able to tell mom and dad, and then. It's just kind of just goes with the flow, and obviously, like footy makes me so happy, and listening to my music makes me like think about it and think about what's going on and how I feel to be able to process it. And yeah.
1: No, oh, that's really helpful because I know there's a couple of young young ladies, uh, just a bit older than yourselves, um, watching tonight. So I thought it might be helpful just to you know put some of your strategies out there. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so. Talking about, so when you spoke up, I know when we spoke last time, um, we kind of didn't really get to talk about it, but I know from reading um, the article by news.com.au that you had this superhero cape, Rose. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you remember
0: about that journey of talking to mum and what that was like? Oh, I don't remember much of it, but one of the things that I said um I came home and I threw my cape on the ground and I said mum it didn't work and then obviously I said like he found me um and sorry mum started thinking that like it was hide and seek kind of base and that's I don't know I don't remember much but that's just the reason why the cape is such a big aspect with me now like it's like it's g- gave me power. It feels like that's just yeah.
1: I, I have power on these, but I try not to wear them on the outside. People <laughs> frown against that. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> um, so. Pip, for you, what what was it about you trying? What how did you end up speaking up? What what was it for you? It was
2: Rose. <laughs> there was no way that I would have done. Half the things that I've done, or even the initial disclosure, anything like that. If it wasn't for Rose, like I think, just her speaking up gave me some sort of bravery. Going like, my little sister can do this. I can do it. Like, I think that was just the driving force was definitely Rose. There's something I'm really curious about, um, and
1: partly because I don't really have the answers myself, I can only speculate. But I remember ways that I would. This might seem really silly. Subconsciously try to tell like like I wanted to tell, but I was too scared. and I know I spoke to I speak to so many survivors all the time and I say, like I wanted to say something, but I didn't know how to. And you know, a lot of parents don't quite know look, what to look for. Do you girls remember ways in which you tried to tell, but you couldn't get the message out? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, um, Look, it's hard, obviously, because, again, we were so young. Yeah. I think there was times when we spoke about it with each other. Um, Like we I don't know, do you remember this? No, I don't know. Yeah, so there was like a time when I said to Rose, like, I don't think this is right and I don't know what, but this is just something that I remember. And I was just like, I don't think this is right. Obviously, we were so young. We didn't really think anything of it. But, yeah, that, that just a little comment was made and then one day she woke up and told mum. So, it was like maybe that was an initial like little thing, but it's really hard to tell, and especially it's hard to remember. So, yeah, um, I don't really know.
0: Yeah, I was, I was just a young person telling something that I didn't like. So I, uh, that's it. I, like, I I feel like it would be way different if you were a bit older. But yeah. Just, yeah,
1: I think it's so important that you did that, though. And I guess for the for parents, like, it's if you're not sure what someone means is to ask more questions you know like you know for you it did probably sound like a a hide and seek thing but it's so difficult I think when um kids are trying to speak up about something but don't really have the words around it and that's why I'm such a big advocate for you know preventative behaviors and and learning kids learning about their body parts and being able to talk about it and say this is what's happening to me yeah um yeah, so I was just curious because, you know, I, I know like I, I would look at my mom and I'd like, I'd sort of test the waters and see if it was safe to talk about or not and then I'd like kind of retract my statement and not say anything. So I just, yeah. I, you know, everybody's story is different but, yeah, it's, it's parents often blame themselves because they think, you know, like I should have known or, you know, I should have been able to pick up on something. But the power of a groomer, as we know, someone who grooms, um it's very well hidden so you know might be it might be a good episode to talk about what to look for next time hey eh? <laughs> yeah. all right so did you guys going through school so um did you recall like your relationships changed like how did you how were you with your friends and things like that
2: i Mum talks about this more than I can remember much about it, but I used to be one of those people that, you know, I was happy to get up in front of a class and give a little presentation or a show and tell. I was happy to go to parties and be around friends and I was probably more extroverted. But after, it was more after we came back from court, I was more to myself. I was very isolated from my peers. Like I was, I had the biggest fear of public speaking up until probably this year when we had done speeches and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I think definitely went from being more of an outgoing, confident sort of person to, you know, I figured out what was happening and I started to understand it and then we went to court and everything kind of shifted and suddenly I was an introvert and it was hard for me to just even talk to a group of peers and that sort of thing. So I think my confidence definitely decreased hugely and, yeah,
0: yeah, I've always been like a hello, hey going kind of person. Um <laughs> I've never <picked> it. <laughs> and um I I still do it like if someone I know comes past I'm always like, Hey, how are you? And then now <laughs> now I've gotten to like a protective mode of myself where I'm happy to say hello but like I'm not gonna let you in my life straight away. Like my trust has just gone really far down like so low i don't know if that makes any sense but it's perfect
1: yeah yeah we, we your trust has been broken so people have got to pass the the new level of getting into pip and rose's life <laughs> it makes perfect sense and, and it's good it's a healthy boundary to have you know um
2: in, so i don't know if this makes any sense but i think in some ways that's probably actually it's Obviously, it's it sucks, but there are some benefits to that sort of thing. Like we do take longer to warm up to someone and develop relationships, but it's worth it, I guess, in the end because we are building stronger relationships because we know how, when we feel safe and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's good too.
0: Like I'll forgive you, but be <laughs> careful. <laughs> like don't hurt me again.
1: No, that's good. It's healthy and I think people do need to kind of earn their trust. Yeah. I think that's fair enough so what what are
0: what are some of the rules? What are some of the red flags for you? I don't really have red flags. I just like you can't oh, I don't really know' mm-hmm. I'm just careful. I'm just really protective of myself, and like once I'm friends with someone, I'll be protective of them. like make sure they're always all right and make sure that they're going all right. and if they want to talk to me, they can talk to me if they don't want to talk to me, that's all right. But it's just making sure they're okay. Really, yeah. It, it sounds like you're
1: practically quite normal, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. That sounds like how it should be. <laughs> yeah. You, you've done a really good job, I think, um, both of you, and and with your mum and dad, just getting the right support and putting the right strategies in place, so that you do have like a a good lens to look through. Um, mm-hmm. You've got this resilience. You're able to. You've been able to sit here and have a conversation with me about it, you know, and stand on a stage and speak at a conference. I mean, you. you done pretty well girl so you should be very proud of yourselves thank you thank you but just be careful because you might get whacked if you misbehave hey rose Mm. (laughs) all right so what's made it easier for you guys what's what's been helpful getting through this journey
2: i think if we take it back to the last one we did as well this was a big theme for us um just having the support that we did have and that sort of thing like especially you know, our family, but not even just immediate family, like um, extended family, family friends, that sort of thing, like all the people in our lives just made it so much easier. I think, you know, obviously having Rose and then having our older sister Maggie was like couldn't have gone through anything like that without those two and mum and dad obviously standing beside us the whole time and um, even at like court and stuff we had some like a ridiculous number of people from Aubrey and Cooter and that sort of thing driving up to um offline to come and see us and give their support which was amazing and that sort of thing just got us through everything and even to this day we still have incredible people supporting us yeah
0: yeah like supports our the biggest word I reckon in our family and obviously as people said there was so many people and like we felt like people had our backs and it just made us have that confidence boost in a way and I've got confidence now and
2: and I think yeah even with that like our schools and our teachers and stuff have been really like wary of us and you know they treat us like normal kids but they understand when we need to take a break and when you know we're not feeling 100% and we're having bad days and that sort of thing um and, like, I've had, like, even in year five, I went to court and I had this one teacher. And she, you know, before I left, she made up a little box for me and wrote little notes for every day and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I still had that sort of sense with me when I was there. And yeah, I think that's, it's been amazing.
0: And obviously, we have um, Glenn, who was our detective. And we, he's like, oh, we love him to death. He's like a, <laughs> he's like an uncle to us, like a best friend in a way. And he's always been by our side. And it's, It's good to have him by our side, definitely.
1: That's really positive to hear because a lot of detectives don't always have a positive result and they don't always get to hear the good outcomes. So uh, I think that's very validating, particularly for those who are police doing the work out there and, um, you know, it's nice to hear a a good outcome, even though it's very difficult for you girls to get through that process. So I do want to just go back to the court process really quickly. I know there was something really significant that I think it was something you said, um, Rose, about you know you're able to speak up, and that was great. And then you got to go to court, but then you had to give your testimony again. But then you were told by people to you had to be quiet again, and that really made you upset.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like just a massive setback. Like you go from being getting told not to talk to talk about the whole thing, and then not to talk and oh it's not a good feeling at all it's confusing makes your head like in all different places it's like you're scribbling in your mind it's it's so it's confusing very confusing yeah what was it like for you Pip
2: um I do agree with everything Rose is saying I think um having you know exactly what she said you know you're told by the offender not to say anything to anyone and then you're told by The court to tell everything you know and then you shut down again don't speak about it it's not necessarily like you don't want to tell people I think it's just very invalidating like you know you feel guilty for everything you've been through and um it's definitely not how you should feel and you kind of feel a bit like it's everything that's happened is your fault and that sort of thing and you know it definitely is not but it definitely does invalidate your feelings and yeah it's it's not great (laughs) Like a
1: stab in the back, (laughs) yeah. Well, did did it make you feel like you know you had to you know scramble to get answers like you you went through cross examination and things like that?
2: Yeah, I think it was kind of hard because you know when we're told not to say anything, and especially with the um time frame that we had in between disclosure and court and that sort of thing, we just got oh I know I personally did got everything out of my mind I was like I don't want this to be like my life I don't want it to be anything like that and um yeah I just didn't have any thought about it so then when we were being cross-examined we were asked questions that you know I could never even imagine being asked like I just I don't even know how to explain what sort of questions they were but you know you're trying to be tricked and that sort of thing and so then you just you don't know how to answer things and you don't know what to say and yeah it's just it's a very confusing and very belittling process. I think that's a very good word for it, Pip.
0: What, what were you going to say, Rose? Well, I can pip use a good word there, which was a, a, a tiny word, but a good word, which was tricked. Like you go in with, okay, I can do this. And then they put through your mind as if you can't do this and they try to shut you down and discourage you and, um, use your age against you and it makes it even worse and then you're trying to forget about it but then you have to remember it and it's really it's, it's shocking it's it's oh, it's horrible well, no. we don't talk about it
1: anymore if you don't want to but I think okay. I think it's important um for people to understand how difficult it is once you get to that court process mm. uh, and, and what it's like for for kids so what, how old were you when you went to court girls what
2: I was 11 so Rhodes would have been about 7 so, at the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's see. <laughs> that's not easy for a, a young person to have to give like a full account of of the things that have happened. Um yeah. and and nothing short of what you were explaining is sounds to me like gaslighting. Yeah. You know, and I and I don't agree with that part. I realize, you know, the course of justice is that everybody gets their day in court, right? But it doesn't always favor the, the victims of, of the crimes and I just I don't think for kids that that's fair and and you know there's lots of things being done to work on the system so you you made some changes with your brave story girls so
2: tell us a little bit about that from your point of view um so originally we didn't really know what we were going to do we rose decided that she wanted to make a change or raise some awareness and you know about just sexual assault in general um and so it started off with just a little kind of campaign. We're going to go on a bike ride, that sort of thing. And then mum knew about the pilot sch- uh, evidence scheme, sort of thing. Um, and she thought that, you know, we could use our experience to kind of shape a better experience for other people. And so we got in contact with Nina Fennell, who obviously started the whole campaign um, alongside news.com and that sort of thing. And
0: she's an amazing, like, she's absolutely amazing. Like, we would we would be nowhere without her. Like, we wouldn't be this far and it was all thanks to her. She's Yeah, brilliant. And so
2: obviously Nita got our word out um, and then we started a petition and we changed the way that kids will give evidence in court. So it's pre-recorded. There's no cross-examination. It just makes it so much easier for kids and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think that was... That's what we did. (laughs) Yeah, I remember how we went to um, meet the former Premier
0: and he was amazing and we're in the elevator and the News.com team was in it and it just felt like all our aunties were around us. Like it just felt like that amazing support, which is amazing. So it felt good to have that support.
1: It's just so beautiful. I got like goosebumps. It is cold, but I got goosebumps. (laughs) I just think it's so wonderful that you girls have got uh, – and I know you had the support to do it, but um, at the end of the day, you're the ones that are standing out there. You're the ones that are sharing your story. You're the ones whose face is on the newspapers and, you know, what What was that like for you guys?
2: Um, I think it was, it was nice. Like, it was nice to be recognised for what we did. But I think in some way it kind of is just – it's just a motivation for us, I think – you know, other people look at it and go, oh, you guys are so inspiring. But it's like, yeah, you guys are our motivation. Like we're doing this for you, like in future generations and people who have been through what we've been through and haven't had the courage to speak up. Like, it's not like we're not doing it for us or for anything like that. We're more doing it for other people. And I think we've now had the closure that we needed with everything that we've done. Um, But we want to give other people the chance to feel that sort of thing as well. So, yeah, it feels good knowing that, you know, everyone's kind of part of the process, but it's it's definitely a motivator for us to continue doing what we're doing for people that don't necessarily have the resources and that sort of thing to do it for themselves. So, yeah, it's a good feeling.
0: Yeah, I know while doing this it's built my strength up a lot and that's what I've been, mean. and my courage and my confidence and it's really thanks to everyone. but. Thanks to like people, like I wouldn't be without people, and you know, it's just oh, I got yours <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome.
1: Um, yeah, look, look at you two little warriors. I think you're gonna make some big waves no matter what
2: you choose to do. So, tell us about your bike, Ryan. I'll start because you won't say this. Um, so basically, <laughs> Rose wanted to right around the whole of australia like wanted to take a year off school she was she was I sick of it want, i didn't
0: want to take a year off school she,
2: she wanted to yeah so anyways we're like let's be realistic about this so we do you want to do this talk about where we went from and where we went to that's can okay so <laughs> we went from the downing center in sydney which is where our case was held um back in 2016. So it rode from there and we made our way through some different little towns that had some sort of significance like Newcastle, which was where the pilot scheme had kind of originated from, um, and ended up in Coffs Harbour, which was where um, Glenn, our detective, was living. So we kind of wanted to finish at a place where it kind of all started or with the person that it started with um, or like the, the journey to justice kind of started with which was him so we thought it was important to kind of incorporate him into that and we had so many people join us along the ride we had people who brought their bikes down who just rocked up and stood in the rain and cheered us on and that sort of thing and yeah
0: um obviously I wanted to go is it the highway like the m1
2: I can't remember what it
0: is no, but um and obviously mum and dad were a bit oh that's a bit dangerous let's not do that so I went on the mountain bike trails and did at least 40 k's a day
2: I reckon Something like
0: that, yeah. and for a, until we got there and people were riding with me I know um Glenn rode with me um he met, met up and it was like it, it was amazing like
2: it was such a good outcome and we had a family follow us from the very beginning to the very end and I think in some way they are like up there with our biggest support like our little cheerleaders um so it was amazing having them and like, the little girl, she's only in primary school still and she rode nearly every kilometre with us, which was incredible. But, yeah.
1: Could you guys are rock stars? Would you raise, like, $25,000 or something?
2: Ooh, I don't know if it was. It was like, I think you. it was $15,000 and we got a ridiculous amount of signatures on the petition. Yeah. So, in the end, you guys
1: have changed the New South Wales court system and helped to... Uh, implement, uh, I can't remember what the program's called now, but to help children, obviously, in the New South Wales court to go through the system so that they're not traumatised in the same way that you guys were. Yeah. yeah. I'm kicking myself now. I can't remember the name <laughs> of the program.
2: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it's a part transcript, but it hasn't, this is where mum comes in. This yeah, yeah, a... yeah. <laughs> That's We've had that about. many times, but I can't remember it.
1: What a fantastic legacy there you girls. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, what was it like, so talking to Nina about this whole thing?
2: Oh, it was, it was kind of like this sort of thing. Like it was kind of just, you know, had a com- conversation and she made you feel so comfortable. And obviously this is what she dedicates her life to doing. Like she takes on stories like this and, you know, helps people have a voice. So it was nice to have someone, you know, she validated everything we said, which most people that we've come across have and, um, she made the whole thing so easy and I mean her team that was like a news.com and her obviously working together with us we got to do some amazing like we got to have some amazing experiences like going to Sydney and um, going to different offices and you know being on camera and that sort of thing which we have never done before but she made us feel so comfortable with everything and felt like a VIP <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool to be able to tell our story to one person who was then able to make the change that she did with our words and just like making a new
0: friend like
2: <laughs> yeah it was it was a very cool experience and like we are so beyond grateful for everything because we would not be talking to you right now if it wasn't for Nima. so yeah
1: no, i, I I Think you've done a wonderful job, and Nina obviously she's knows what she's doing. Um, but yeah, it's great that you were able to get the traction, uh, that you were through those guys, and I think that's just fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, one of the things though was it sucked that we had to get the media to help us make the change, like that we had, yeah, was, like the fact that we needed them to make a change, and it makes you realise how much the world is need developing.
1: <laughs> developing. Yeah, I, I know what I'm because it's something that it should just be, it should be not a difficult process for a child to give evidence in court is what you're trying to say. And yes. It shouldn't have to be that we go to the media to Especially.
2: get something that should just be a natural and normal human right exactly and it's sad that you know as it much as like you know it's amazing that we got to experience everything we did but it's sad that you know we had to be the ones to do that like as children we had to be the ones to say this isn't right but i mean we've come a long way from where we were this time last year so yeah
1: well your voice will echo for many many years ladies it's very 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 good what's um what were the highlights so obviously it's been a very difficult journey but it's also been like a really powerful journey so can you go through what you remember to be the highlights for you guys
2: um I don't know there's been so many like everything that we've done has been an amazing experience for us and I think you know there are highlights like different parts of the ride and you know getting to speak at the forum and the conference that we did last a couple of weeks ago, now even um, this. <laughs> even yeah, talking on podcasts, talking to newspapers, like all that sort of thing has been an amazing experience for us. And you know, we'll definitely be able to take that sort of thing into our futures. And you know, it's yeah, it's a good start for us. But I think the highlight is that the change happened, or yeah. it's happening. Like, I think you can't go past that. We. We started something and we got to see it through, so I think that's definitely the highlight of everything that we've done and everything we've worked for.
0: Yeah, um obviously, my highlight would be I had this dream and thought inside of my head, I wrote it down, and now it's here like it's it's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible what's what's the next thing you've got written down, Rose? that it's going to be all in restate?
2: she wants it to be a nationwide thing
1: and it should be and again it shouldn't have to be that you know we have to go to the media or that you know it should just be a natural thing it should just be easy for kids to talk about their experiences and not feel like they have to be silenced right yeah
2: 100%
1: would just make the world a difference I I, will 100% back you girls and I know I know many of the, the women and, and people in, in my support groups will be 100% behind you. So don't be stopping now, girls.
2: <laughs> I don't think we have plans on stopping anytime soon. I won't I'll her. get through HSC and then we'll continue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you've got grade 12 now, aren't you? So you're nearly ready to finish. Yep, three months. Oh, uh, you're not counting, are you?
2: No, not at all. <laughs> 140-something days. <laughs> and what do you plan to do after school um well i want to go into i want to do a double degree in paramedicine and nursing um have to get into that first um but yeah i think i've kind of wanted to be a paramedic for a long time and i think i don't know if it's the anything specific about but i just love the idea of actually being able to help people firsthand like being that person that's first to give assistance and you know i'm excited for that sort of thing so hopefully i'll get into that course and then yeah, go from there. I like it. And
1: you're not sure yet, are you, are you Rose? It's going to be a trading. Love it. I love it. If I had my time again, I think I'd be a carpenter. Sparky all the way. <laughs> Sounds like a very electrifying uh, career. <laughs> all right. So, what, what impact? Sorry, I'm really cheesy. I'll stop. <laughs> I was trying to think of something more funny, but it didn't work. (laughs) Uh, So um, what impact has the campaign had for you girls? So how's it made you feel about everything for yourself? Like, obviously, you've come from this difficult story to then having to go through and and share at court. So you've gone, like, on this, like, roller coaster.
2: Yeah, I think... You asked a question earlier and it was like how did it impact us and I said like obviously my confidence like diminished it pretty much didn't exist but, you know, this campaign has given me so much confidence in what I have to say and it like has validated my voice and that sort of thing. So now I will happily volunteer to get up and speak in front of peers and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's just a small win but, you know, it's given me some sort of strength back in who I am and kind of helped me earn back a voice that you know I didn't have the right to lose originally so
0: yeah. yeah for me it felt like obviously at the time it felt like my power got taken away from me and slowly it's been re- regaining which is really exciting and I'm sure people feels that way as well
1: you yeah. two are just so eloquent like you talk about not being able to speak in public and stuff and <laughs> you just a long time. Yeah, you speak so well, the pair of you, like you, you, you do a really good job. And I think it's really important to recognise that you should, first of all, you said it, Pip, you should have been able to have that voice in the first place.
2: Yeah. And
1: for for many, even adults, right, they're going to be very inspired by your story. But even adults just still feel like they can't talk about this. Yeah. You know, so it, it is and it's it's tough even to talk about certain parts of your journey, but there's lots of kids out there that are still going through this um, that just don't feel like they've got a voice. And it should just be, as you've said, a natural thing, right, human nature that you should be able to speak about this, feel safe to speak about it and um, to be validated in that. And yeah. That's what the core process should be too, yeah?
2: Yeah. Hundred percent, and obviously there'll be things that you know you'll never talk about, and that you know are kind of just personal to you. But you know it shouldn't be that like it should you know that's fine, but it shouldn't be a case of you know not being able to say anything at all. But yeah, I think we are obviously changing that and allowing that to kind of change in a way that's for the better. But for now, we're we're getting somewhere.
1: so how have you are you starting the journey to try and get it into other states is that happening now or is it like so far
2: yeah I think for now we're kind of just trying to get through certain things obviously we've got our own little things going on in the background at the moment um but yeah I think we haven't we haven't closed the book on anything yet we're still discussing it every now and then we'll be sitting at the table for dinner and it'll just pop up like oh so what are we going to do next but yeah, there has been discussion about what our next steps are, but I think putting them in action is, you know, it's a little while away, but not far.
1: Right. Um, cool. So, all right. What would you What would you say to um, to parents? Like, what advice would you give to parents who are listening?
2: Um, I think it's important to recognize that like every situation will be different um like okay for, so to start off with you know um from the age of whenever that is right for you you talk to your kids about what is right and what is wrong and what could happen which we, you were saying before like you know you want to educate from a young age to help prevent things from happening but you know if unfortunately things still happen and that sort of thing so if they do get to that point you treat it as the situation is and Um, you know obviously parents always just want the best for their kids and it's hard to know what the best is when you're not you're in a situation that you never expected to be in so um, for mum and dad obviously that was just keeping things as normal as possible but the next parent might not have done the same thing and you know you're never in the wrong for what you're doing and I think it's important for the parents to know that you know they're not alone and they're also victims like it's it's sad and it's a it's just devastating situation but um yeah I think it's a situational thing and you know you just got to be there for your kids but also be there for yourselves and allow that sort of mindset to come through like it's it is about your kids but it's about you too and um you've just got to remember that they are kids and you've just got to treat them that way
0: yeah making sure like you remember that you're strong as well like you're you're so like I oh, no, I don't know my words right now. It's <laughs> that's all right. Take a breath. You're all good. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's gonna be hard for you as well. And I know, Dad was saying how um it was hard for him to show weakness in front of us. But you, are amazing. Like you've you're helping us through this whole process. And
2: you're you don't powerful have to and... show strength all yeah. the time. You can have your your times and. know as much credit as it is to us it's there's always parents behind the scenes that are you know taking you to and from appointments and you know supporting you through every little journey that you could possibly be on so i think it is important for parents to give credit to themselves for what they are doing
1: yeah and not just parents too but for those who've got caregivers and parents and those types of things as well i think that's really important so what would you say to other survivors you're
0: good at this one. Well, um, <laughs> on ever. um, everyone has their own story and just know that there's no wrong or right on how you say it. And you know, you really put me on the spot here.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, I think you know, I say this every time we get a question like this, but um you I feel that people will look at us and go, wow, they're strong and they have strength. But it's like we are only strong because we know there's other people in situations like ours that don't have the ability to speak up like we do. And I think it's important for other people to recognise that they have their own story too. And um, even just acknowledging the fact that they have that story is incredible strength, like accepting that they've been through something. and um, just doing something not even doing something about it just to themselves knowing that they have come out of something that has really harmed them or hurt them in some way I think just knowing you're going to get through it and you're going to be all right yeah and there's so many people that are willing to support you like I think we are taught to be um ashamed in some ways of our story and to be quiet but know that's not the case at all and there are so many people around you that are willing to support you and dedicate their lives work to supporting you so knowing that you have those systems in place is probably the most like the best advice we can give is take those systems and use them because they are there for your advantage yeah yeah
1: i think it's really important people won't get help because like you said pip there there's they feel like they're ashamed and you know and there's a, and there's a lot to be said about that um and if you are a survivor and you're listening i'm creating uh, a course for survivors which we will talk about all of the victim blaming and and the emotional manipulation that happens during the grooming process and that shame comes out of that so um it's it's definitely not easy for survivors at all um to even you know trust someone to be able to get that help in the first place but it's, it's very important, uh, as you say, to get that help and use those services, particularly, um, you know, a specialist support service because child sexual abuse and, and those types of things are very specific and not every counsellor has an intricate knowledge of what's going on with that, you know, type of thing. So it really pays to find a specialist in the in the area, right? Yeah. Oh, so definitely. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they've got sort of a a bit more of an idea about some of the processes and, you know, the grooming and all that sort of stuff to sort of help. So you you guys have had extensive um, support and counselling. So obviously that's, you know, we talked about that last time as how helpful that was for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So you um, obviously continue to do that. And what what would you say say to other survivors about getting support and, and helping to look after yourself? What would you tell them to do?
2: Um, I think for me, it was like, it was hard to continue getting support after the court case. I think beforehand, you know, we were kind of just, we were young, we were just doing what we had to do. And, um, it was amazing. Like we were going and, you know, we were having fun while also being able to debrief and let certain emotions out that we didn't even know we had. Um, but yeah, when we got home, I kind of stopped and then, I think when, especially over lockdown, I had a bit of a hard time. So I was, I went back to getting that support and counseling and just being able to talk to someone about what I was going through just took a whole lot of weight off my shoulders, which, you know, I didn't necessarily know I had. Like, I knew that I wasn't feeling great, but I didn't know how, like, the magnitude of it until, you know, I went and actually spoke to someone about it. And even now, like, I'd happily, go and talk to someone it doesn't necessarily have to be someone specialized now because it could be about anything but I could go to school and I would just go to the well-being office and say look I'm having a pretty crappy day can I just debrief and it's really important that I can do that because then I'm not forcing myself to keep it all bottled up and then have one big episode later on. I think even like for Rose, you kind of do fun stuff now, like that's kind of your outlet, I guess,
0: yeah, um one of the things I used to tell myself, I'm not obviously everyone's different, but um it's gonna be hard, but you can do it like, and just know you can do it and you you're brave, like it's one of the biggest things I told myself, you're brave, you're brave, like if I started my head started getting to me, it's you're brave, you're brave, yeah, that's really what I did.
1: That's good, though. and I think it's actually really important. Like you might, I know you're like putting your head down there, but I think it is really important, Rose, because for the longest time in my life, I felt like the biggest freaking coward. Like even up until adulthood, and it wasn't until I was like writing my book even, and I started to actually internalize. There's a big difference between saying something and internalizing the actual belief, right? And I thought I was a coward because I didn't say something for so long. And I was like, man, how could you be like that? Until I understood what a perpetrator does and how they manipulate and how they groom and how they trick. And they don't just trick you, they trick your parents. They trick your parents first in order to get access to to you, to the child, right? And until you learn about those things, you sit there and you blame yourself, right? And so people don't internalise this this whole belief and, and then, you know, Like I said, I thought I was a coward for the longest period of time until I was like, do you know what? you were a little girl and you had to, like, stand up to all of this stuff. You had to make big adult decisions that you weren't meant to make, you know. And so it is so important, actually. So don't you ever bow your head again when you say that because it is so important for survivors to know that they really are brave and their little person is brave and their little person had to stand up and, you know... Against this adult person who was hurting them and scaring them and confusing them. And so, if you are a survivor out there, you did nothing wrong. You have nothing to be ashamed of. You were brave. Right, Rose? Right, Pip? 100%.
0: 100%. Yeah.
1: And you gotta, you know, remember that and that this is none of this is is your fault. So, um, you know, and the girls have said that today so many different ways. Um, but the damage that happens because of this is so significant and um, the more we can do to listen to children early and to believe children the better chance we're going to have so yeah what what else would you like to share girls what messages would you like to leave with our audience tonight um I don't know
2: I think we've covered a lot but you know, I think the important thing, I just rec- want to recognise that, you know, without you and the people that, you know, dedicate their life's work to um, helping and preventing and advocating for children like us who didn't have the chance to be a child necessarily and didn't get the childhood that, you know, is your fantasy childhood. Um, but I think, it, yeah, it's extremely important to recognise that people like you who do work for people like us um, to help us because without you guys I cannot imagine our life being anything like what it is now so yeah I guess thank you for that <laughs>
0: yeah I know I know I've said this last time as well but um, one of my favorite quotes is you might not get over it straight away but you'll definitely get through it and oh, it's
2: everyone just needs to know that you always make it through um, it. I think with that, it's not even about getting over it. It's about, you know, it is about getting through it. You're not going to, you're never going to actually completely get over something and especially not of this significance, but, you know, you'll get through it eventually and there's people there for you and you may have relapses and you might end up back at a place that you don't want to be, but, you know, you've done it once, you can do it again, you've got strength. you just got to keep fighting for it. It's beautiful. All right. Well, that's, I, I always
1: say if you've survived through abuse, you've, you've survived the hardest part, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yep. beautiful girls. So, what I'll just do, guys, um, there's there's not too many questions tonight. So, if you do have any questions, then drop them in now. We've just got a couple of minutes left. Um, but that program, uh, Pip, is called the Witness Intermediary Scheme. Is that right?
2: Yeah. I think that was Dad commenting, but that sounds about right. <laughs>
1: Okay, cool, yeah. So the program that the girls have been able to help uh, to implement in the New South Wales court system is the Witness Intermediary Program. So that's now funded to run uh, in the New South Wales courts. And so the girls now want to obviously push that to each uh, state and territory in Australia. So I think that's a fantastic mission and a, and a wonderful legacy, girls. Um, thank you both so much for uh, jumping on tonight and um, being part of to cuff with Kel again um you know I just wanted to know some more right
2: <laughs> no this has been fun I like this yeah it's fun that's all right you
1: want to do every day <laughs> no well we can we yeah. can come back on and, and do like a panel or something and um you know the world the world <laughs> it, it really is it is. All right, guys, so we're going to uh, finish up on this episode now, but um, before we do that, I just want to thank you all for being part of Off the Cuff with Kel tonight. Um, we'll be back in a fortnight. Um, please, if you like what you're hearing on Off the Cuff, if you uh, would consider donating to my Patreon account, uh, uh, dot com forward slash Patreon. I don't know if I got that right. It's going to be down the bottom of your screen there, patreon.com forward slash Kelly Humphreys. There you go. Um, so you can help me continue to run the live shows Um, and stay tuned guys if you uh, go to my website KellyHumphreys.com. I do have courses coming up and if you're a survivor I would love you to be able to hear about those courses when they come out so thank you Pip and Rose for jumping on board Uh, thank you guys for uh, being part of the audience and we will see you soon thanks guys thank you Thank you so much for being part of Off the Cuff with Kel. Breaking cycles of abuse and trauma is not something that can be done alone and requires all of us working together. Your support makes a huge difference. If you've found the content of this podcast valuable, you can support my work through my Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash Kelly Humphreys. You can also find me on all major social media platforms. Through my website, kellyhumphreys.com, you can contact me for speaking and workshops as well as purchase my first book, Unscathed Beauty. If you found any of the content today distressing, please reach out to appropriate support agencies in your country. For emergencies, contact your local law enforcement agency.